You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, and it's not Chris Meany again, still away doing wedding stuff. Uh, not his wedding. Don't worry, he's uh, not hitched yet, but. One of my good married friends is actually here with us. He's uh, one of the great minds in DFS. You've known him in the past from the Fantasy Insiders and currently uh, still working over at FNTSY Radio. He's my man, the one, the only, Dan Strafford. Dan, welcome back for some more, baby. I, I always come back for more, Joe. I know. It's, it's like an abusive relationship. All these years, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've known you now for, God, is it? Now we now are 30 years, but we're 20, no, like 20, 25. Yeah. We're, we're the 25. That's a long time. My it friend. is a long time. And yet we're still here abusing it's each other. True. That's what we do. <laughs> I, I don't think I have any clothes as old, but I definitely have clothes into the, the 17 year range now from college where I like pull a t-shirt out and I was like, when's that from I'm like, Oh uh, yeah. This is, Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, if you hold on, if you held on to the final shirts long enough, they came back in style. It's true. Everything comes back. That's back around again. Say. That's what they say. I don't know about everything. I don't think those Cavaricis ever do. I never, I was never in, I was. I never I was, had those. Uh, I never nope. had those weird flannel pants things either. Didn't, not a big fashion fad kind of guy. You know, no. that's, that's not how I roll. How about you, Dan? You a fashion fad kind of guy? I, I am very much a uh, polo shirt and jeans. So that's. Yes, you are. You are, you are, you are preppy. You're, you're like the Zach Morris of the DFS world. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, I think you had the same phone. All right, so Dan and I are going to go through the Saturday and Sunday for you, kind of give you a preview, as we always do in here on the Line Star app, give you the things you need to know in a nice little tight half hour or so, so you know what to do, what not to do, and where to put your money, and that's what we want to do. So let's get after it here, and let's start on Saturday. We got the early games here. We got the uh, Felix Hernandez-led Mariners going against Rick Porcello. Hernandez got beat up, and it's frustrating because – Felix Hernandez, Dan, had a, a moment there where he was looking like things were turning around a little bit. He had like, a good two back-to-back outings, and then just boom, just implosion against the Yankees. And it's like, okay, well, so much for that good feel-good story. That's dead. Taking on Rick Porcello, who's imminently hittable. So imagine there's going to be some offense there. You got uh, Detroit and Minnesota here locking up uh, Spencer Turnbull against TBD, who is always historically uh, Dan and my favorite pitcher over yeah. the years. Right, Dan? Yeah, I would assume. I think it's Pineda, but maybe that's been moved around as well again. But uh, this is another matchup. I don't think anybody of the Twins roll out there you're going to be too afraid of. So another offensive matchup to, to look at. Okay, we've also got Jordan Lyles and Mikolas with uh, Pittsburgh and St. Louis. Uh, also in the afternoon, Yvonne Nova and Marcus Stroman. So if anyone could get that Blue Jays lineup going, you would hope it would be Yvonne Nova. Zach Davies and Cole Hamels. Uh, Brewers have been outstanding in that building, we all know. But Hamels have been very good, too, of late. And I like Hamels at home there. We'll talk a little bit more. So that's the early slate here. If you're going to just kind of separate early only or in the first half, we'll continue to do the last two, which are the four o'clocks. Matt Harvey against Dylan Bundy in Baltimore. Trevor Bauer against Aaron Brooks uh, with the Oakland A's. And, of course, you got that wacky six o'clock start as uh, the Yankees and Rays with Sabathia. So here's my question. Obviously, Trevor Bauer is the easy cash game option there. He's going to be more expensive than Hamels. I prefer to go down to Hamels a little bit 
Hamels will cost you a little bit less, and I think he give you a little bit more flexibility with your lineup. How do you feel about that strategy for the Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that you're going to have to make some decisions. I will also be intrigued to see exactly how everything gets broken down uh, price point-wise uh, throughout this slate because there are some high-end pitchers that uh, have performed uh, poorly, and then there are some high-end pitchers that oh, – sorry, mid-tier pitchers like Zach Davies, who has right. uh, really been really solid. I, I like that game from both sides. I think you're going to have – uh, from a tournament perspective, the bats, I think, have upside clearly against Hamels and Davies, but they'll probably be two of the chalk pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm on board with that strategy. Okay, and uh, looking for offense, as we always like to do, obviously, uh, I mentioned at the top there, I think with this Boston game, I think there's a lot of opportunity yeah. there between Felix Hernandez and Porcello, two guys who got the ball is going to be in play quite a bit. Uh, uh, also, too, you know, we went on Friday into this Cardinals game, and – I'm going to go back with the Cardinals and Pirates, too. I mean, Lyle has had some good moments here early on. Um, but, you know, Mikolas is on these guys, too. I'm just, I'm just not impressed. And his inability to kind of put guys away is always one for me. Somebody like that, when they get in trouble, it just gets compounded really quickly. The one thing for me with, with Mikolas is that he's not walking anybody. And so there aren't as big of, big of innings. You know, it's not like a... No, I understand. Cashner, like it's not right. like Cashner. When Cashner blows up, it's because he's walking guys, and then it becomes a huge mistake. But if he's not walking anybody, he's, he's a quality start pitcher, which is insane to say, but he just is. Whereas Michaelis really just has been this season such a fine pitcher. Reminds me of uh, Jimmy Key back in the day. Jimmy Key didn't walk anybody. Like he was just one of those guys who he pitched to contact, was in the zone all the time. And that's just the way it was. And that's what Michaelis is doing. I do think Lyles has shown uh, a few warts and is somebody from an offensive perspective, I think is going to be prone to uh, big innings. So I'd rather target Lyles here with the uh, Cardinals bats necessarily go to the Pittsburgh bats. And you also kind of with me in the sense that although Trevor Bauer, clearly the best pitcher on the board, that offense doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy. And to me, I, I, I'd rather as, as good as Davies has been, I think Hamels kind of deserves my respect a little bit. I think he's kind of the safest one on the board here for me personally, unless you want to go with Strowman, but I don't know. I mean, the Strowman's another one of these guys too that's just back of my mind I just don't trust, and that well, offense has been so bad. How do, you, how do you really make the investment there? Yeah, I think if you're talking about a site like FanDuel where you're chasing quality start and win and trying to get all those points together, um, Strowman's not as, as fun. I, I love watching Marcus Strowman pitch. Like, Marcus Strowman is, is the swag he's pitcher for me. Yeah. Oh, he's just... I am not. I am uh, not anti bat flip. I am not anti fist pumping no, on the mound. No, we are anti fist pumping in the club. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, who isn't? We both grew up in New Jersey. Come on. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a lot of fist pumping everywhere, Strafford. Exactly. Uh, I don't pump my fist, but I do pump my own gas. Um, <laughs> I do now. You live in Massachusetts. You got to do it. Um, I know. Was that a culture shock for you when you moved oh up? Oh my there? god, it was so bad. But the, what's random is there are random places that have full service. And you, it's not said anywhere, but you like go to get out and a guy, a grumpy, like 70 year old man comes up. I'll do it. I'm like, all right, dude. All right. Well, do you even work here? The other place too, that I'm looking for offense is in this Baltimore game too. And, I, and on both sides of this one too, Matt Harvey, I love to troll him. Uh, I think Otani's in play here, even the Cole Calhoun's and like, it's gonna be tough to get up to the trout level of, of pricing, but you might be able to make it work if you want to. You know, trim down to, I mean, maybe a Zach Davies will be enough to get that in there and you find another uh, another few discounts here and there. But overall, I think this is another one, too, where on the Baltimore side, 
some ownership will be less on them, but no less in terms of offense. I really think that Baltimore and the Angels, uh, I think that's going to go over in this one personally. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Again, these are two pitchers who on two out of seven outings can be really good. Right, like so, there is a possibility here. Well, it's I, no, I know I'm laughing because it's true. I'm not. I was going to say two out of ten, and I realized, well, that's just one out of five. But um, two out of seven. Um, Look at you I, here, fractions. Right. Well, that's what Nora's learning right now in school. So, um, <laughs> the Common Core, man, they don't f around. They don't f around. But um, I think there's upside to both arms. And again, Harvey against Baltimore, you're going to have people who are convinced that Baltimore. Uh, is a bad offense. They are a bad offense, but that doesn't mean they strike out a ton. They don't. Um, so I'm with you offensively. I, I think that these are two t- uh, teams to target. I just do think if you think about the probability of those outcomes, these are two pitchers who can skew the other way from time to time. So if you're a hedger, if you're somebody who likes to build multiple lineups, I'd, I'd play a little bit of Harvey and a little bit of Bundy for their upside. All right. Now, here's some big names on the Saturday slate here. You got Jacob deGrom against the Marlins. He's at home. Obviously, got to pay through the nose for him. Garrett Cole at home against the Rangers. Looking to bounce back a little bit. Then you got Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller uh, going at it together here. And from that one, you know, I know Bueller hasn't been lights out, but I kind of go back to this whole Nationals lineup thing where I feel like there's a little bit of oppo love here, for me anyway, for Walker Bueller tonight. I don't disagree with that. I, just, I think there's money to be made there. And I've done the oppo thing quite a bit recently where you, if for the same reason, it's like good pitcher, offense not doing well, taking on a formidable lineup with another good pitcher on the other side. And it's worked a couple times already in the recent two weeks that we've done it here on the show. What, what's your hesitation? It's just because Scherzer being Scherzer? Well, I, the more Bueller, I just don't know what's wrong with him. Like, I, so I do think targeting the Nats offense makes total sense. I think Bueller has shown us last year that he has a ton of upside, but it, it seems like the league's caught up to him a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Um, but I think, I think it's a legitimate strategy and one to at least research and see where, where well, you're going to play only, obviously, you yeah. know, just going for the tournament play. So for you, are you paying up for DeGrom or Cole, or is this something where you're maybe I don't know. You hedge your bets a little bit and you'd rather go cheaper here and play some options like the, I mean, that's the has been a guy every now and then. And Kevin Gossman obviously uh, has been pretty good too. At times he's taking on Merrill Kelly for the, against the Diamondbacks. So where do you lie here? Just going to pay up for the top for one of these two guys. And if so, which one? I think DeGrom clearly is far and away the best option on that slate. Uh, you have him against the Marlins. Uh, Marlins and yet the Mets don't score any runs for him. Well, I agree. If you're chasing the win, then you, you might, be hesitant, but I think uh, because Al- Alcantara is a, a pretty decent pitcher. He's not great, but he, he can, can give you six innings and, and hold an offense down. Uh, but I would go uh, DeGrom one, Cole two. I think DeSclafani De and Jeff Samarja are both in play because of Oracle Park. Uh, and then... DeSclafani to me is the, is the sneaky one. That's the guy to me that I, you've seen some moments there where he's looked good. And I don't mind it, Brad Keller either. All right, that's fair enough. Now, all right, where are you going in the opposite way here? Because if you want to get involved in this Colorado game, uh, Lucchese and the Padres taking on the Rockies here. So if you want to get involved with this one, you got to save some money on the pitching side. So is it Descalfani? Is that kind of the guy we're looking at? Yeah, I think it's Descalfani, it's Marja, it's uh, Eflin and Keller. What about Spencer Turnbull, too, is another one of these guys, too, in the mix? Do you consider him against Minnesota and Pineda more because of Pineda, less because of how good Minnesota's been? Um. Yeah, I'm not a big Turnbull fan. Uh, I don't know that he has the the repertoire or pitch mix to to stay long term as a starter in Major League Baseball. And I think the Twins' offense is just too dynamic. 
Um, Pineda, Pineda, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. No, no, you can't. No, stop it. I'm not going to let you do that. Friends, don't let friends, yep. Michael Pineda. I, I stopped Chris from doing that earlier in the year, and he was thankful for it. And, of course, I mean, Eflin and Keller, too. Uh, I guess, you know, if you're really feeling lucky, you can go in that route. But I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think you, you know, pick a side, you kind of stick with it there. Now, here, here's another question, too. If you're not going to go into Colorado, which you probably should be doing, I think we're both recommending trying to go that route. Mm-hmm. If you're not going that route, what's the other stack on the board that, that makes sense to you? I mean, the Astros, the Astros to me Astros. stand out against Drew Smiley. Smiley's gotten hit hard by righties in his career. And this is an offense with Altuve and Correa and Bregman and, and Brantley. And it's just, there are lots of pieces there. Even go to Tyler White and like the rest of that lineup. Uh, I think that's pretty, a pretty easy call. Um, and I would say you probably talk twins a little bit. This is a double header, right? For the twins. That's what's going on here. Detroit. Yeah. Yes. They have a double header. So the night game, depending on the lineup, again, double headers are actually fun for DFS purposes because they typically give us uh, value plays in parts of the lineup that typically wouldn't be there. So pay attention to that night uh, slate matchup for Detroit and Minnesota, exactly who they run out. Uh, could be a fun one, but I think far and away, uh, I would say, Houston, and then I would look at Arizona against Kevin Gassman. I know Gassman's been uh, pretty solid since going to Atlanta, but I think some of those lefty bats for Arizona could get to him here. Okay, so let's switch gears now to Sunday, um, which is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day for all the mothers who play DFS and are listening to this show, which I imagine maybe one. I mean, maybe one, like you get one. So happy Mother's Day to you. I mean, there's, there's a lot of women who do play, uh, I know, NFL DFS. I do know that for sure. And some that play the uh, Major League Baseball, too. So if you're a mom and you're listening, happy Mother's Day in advance over there. And you got big plans for Mother's Day, Dan, with, uh, with the mother of your children? Hmm? Where, uh, where is she? No, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we are going to be uh, out on the Cape, because I can say that up here in Massachusetts. Oh, uh, the girls have, I'm Dan Strafford. I'm out on the Cape. The Ooh. girls have an uh, Irish step dance competition. It's called a fesh. So that's uh, how we're spending this week. Gosh, I love competition for art. That's my favorite thing mm-hmm. in the world. It's, uh, <sighs> I've been able to avoid that so far. I've been able to avoid the dance team thing, having two daughters who do dance, because I was like, well, that's great, because art is always about competing. Mm-hmm. It's not about Scoring. You how it makes score. you feel. Right. Okay. So Sunday, let's start again in Boston. Marco Gonzalez going against the Red Sox there. And uh, again, do we have a definitive starter here for the Red Sox on Sunday? Because... I'm not showing one yet, and God knows they're still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. that, that Red Sox rotation until Price comes back and the Evaldi. It's I would be. You know what's? They're going to sign Keiko. That's what's going to happen. It's not terrible. I mean, there's no way you could have gone into this season if you're the Red Sox and anticipated. Not oh, sure, agreed. Needing extra guys. I mean, it's just you can't. You can't think that Evaldi's going to. I think Erod's going to be okay. But Evaldi is always that guy to me. You just can't count on him. He's just always been hurt. It's just a terrible. Terrible look there. You got Griffin Canning going against John Means, who I think is definitely in play in the afternoon slate here. Uh, Canning, young prospect for uh, the Angels, who uh, looked pretty good in, in early outings. But again, great matchup here. Uh, Lucas Giolito, who also recently has been turning around mm-hmm. against Aaron Sanchez and the Blue Jays. You got Tanaka and Blake Snell locking up. So that should be a fun one from a baseball point of view. Kind of tough. From a DFS one, Caleb Smith, another guy who's been brilliant against Noah Syndergaard, who I guarantee you Smith will be worth more and higher salary than Syndergaard, and he's probably earned that at this point. Uh, Daniel Norris, Martin Perez, who's been great. Adrian Sampson, Colin McHugh. McHugh coming off a rough outing last time against Kansas City. Those very same Royals taking on the Phillies and Vince Velasquez. And then you've got uh, the last ones in the uh, 2 o'clock here. Uh, Stephen Brault and Dakota Hudson. 
Cardinals Pirates and Marjavikas going into Colorado. So these are the one o'clock games here. Obviously, Colorado will play again, so we always have to keep that in mind. So let's start there. Where are we going for cheaper pitching to get the Colorado influence here to get pieces of that game? Is it Martin Perez, and will he be cheap enough, Dan? The, you know, this is a fun slate uh, looking at it here ahead. Um, I have some questions about the Twins rotation because of that doubleheader. Just keep that in mind as we talk right. about that. That could break down in different ways. You get long relievers in. You get guys who are supposed to start on Tuesday that get moved up. And so keep that in mind as we talk through. I think uh, whoever Minnesota runs out there, honestly, I think it would be Perez or Berrios. Um, I would be on against Detroit in that matchup. I think uh, Giolito and Means and Canning are all intriguing here. I think this is actually a really fun no-name pitcher slate where you have Canning and Means and Caleb Giolito and Canning is where I'm looking. Yeah, I'll, Giolito. I'll like people, people love to forget that Lucas Giolito was the top prospect in baseball and was, you know, or at least top pitching prospect in baseball three years ago, four years ago now. And yes, he's looked terrible at times last year. But if he figures things out, the quote-unquote stuff, uh, the, the repertoire is there. And, and he's a kind of guy against a Toronto team that struggles, uh, strikes out a decent amount. I love and, and canning somebody I've been on since he was coming up that first start. Big concern there is pitch count. Uh, he, he's not pitching deep into games. So if you're looking for quality start, you're looking for wins, that's a little bit tougher to deal with. But I love him. Like, I love him as a pitcher. And I think that he should be on your radar. And John Means, listen, this is a guy who's using his uh, changeup really effectively really effectively now he's not blowing anybody away but the the uh mile per hour differential is real for him and so he's making his fastball look faster by effectively using that change up and getting swinging strikes against it this is a los angeles angels team that obviously has power from the right side you have trout even throw pool holes and simmons into the mix and otani can hit lefties but price point wise i'd be intrigued here uh, on what means uh, checks in on so a canning giolito means i think are all viable to help us get to colorado yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, I think that's definitely the way to go here. And you're right. People do have kind of a forgetful, uh, quick thing of, uh, you know, guys, they love. They loved Giolito a couple years ago, and they didn't hit as soon as you want. And then all of a sudden, this is like, throw him up in a ball and throw him away. He's never to be looked at well, again. It's the, I, 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 there are plenty of others, but it's the Alex Gordon theory for me. Like, there are plenty of people sure. who have done this. Or eventually, but- Alex Gordon might not have become George Brett, but Alex Gordon became a guy that was more than serviceable. Useful. Service, yeah. right. Useful. There were some straight-up years he was – basically useful uh what about what do you make of this whole uh, situation too when you got the two big matchups with Syndergaard and Smith and Tanir uh Masahiro Tanaka and Blake Snell I mean I would favor Snell and Caleb Smith in those two matchups if you want to attack something where maybe people are a little concerned because they can see it breaking either way I don't I don't see that I see Snell and Smith having basically a, a decent size advantage that I would invest in either of them yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I would say uh, Snell and Smith both have upside. Syndergaard clearly has upside against Miami too. They're all going to be in the the nine, you know, five digit uh, range as well. And then I would target Tanaka a bit for solo home runs. So I'd be taking one off uh, bats from Tampa Bay. I'd look at Lau. I look at Meadows. I'd look, you yeah. know, like those guys because he gives up home runs, and, and I, I think that's a more than legitimate strategy. Uh, to get some one-offs from Tampa Bay. All right, now we don't need to tell you about offense in Colorado. You know that because you listen to the show and you have the Line Star app and you know exactly what to do. So if you're not going there, Dan, what are we looking at today in the early games on Sunday in terms of 
where we're going to go offensively if we're not going Colorado or Padres or we need to find another low-cost stack to go up to some of these big pitchers we want? Is it maybe a Texas against Colin McHugh and keep trolling him? I think that's reasonable. I think the Seattle-Boston game will, again, have offense. Mark Gonzalez is good, but a lefty in uh, Fenway against Martinez and Betts and, and the like, uh, and uh, Chavis and whoever else they run out there. I think you'll have offense there. And I think the White Sox is one, too, you could throw into that mix, don't you? I, yeah, I always liked Aaron Sanchez, but he's another sort of same mold uh, as Marcus Stroman. They're just not big strikeout guys. You know, they're, they're pitching more contact. He's been very good to start the year, but uh, when balls are in play, that's when things happen, right? So uh, I think that has some upside to the White Sox. All right, in the 4 o'clock games, I love Bumgarner against Tyler Mall and the Reds because, look, until the Reds really prove consistently that their offense is rocking and rolling, I'm going to still take Bumgarner, and I, and I feel like – Bumgarner is one of these guys, too, that the sooner they move them, the better off that organization is going to be. You got Jeffrey Rodriguez and Frankie Montas. Uh, you got uh, Max Freed uh, against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you got Strasburg and Ryu locking up in another one of these matchups like we talked about on Saturday when you have the um, that slate with Scherzer and Bueller. Now you got Strasburg and Ryu. And then you got Chassin and John Lester in the night game. But uh, so if I was on uh, Walker Bueller before, I'm even more on Ryu in this one yeah. than I am yep. on Strasburg. I mean, I, so we're in agreement on that one. We disagreed on the last one, but this one you're with me. Yeah. I mean, Ryu has been brilliant I and mean, there's no other way to describe it. If you look at the K walk, it's Kurt Schilling esque. He's walking like four guys. In 50 yep. innings. It's just totally, it's not something you see. And it's amazing. Cause you look at it and you go, I feel like he's still not getting the respect he deserves around the league. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a, it is an East coast bias thing. I think it is a media, media bias thing. These games. Well, he's also, I mean, I'll, th- I'll throw the one caveat. He's missed significant portions of season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not what DFS is about. It's about living in the now and in the day, and it's living in the moment. And, I mean, Ryu right now against Strasburg, do you think the ownership is significantly down because of the Strasburg matchup, or do you think Stra- who do you think is the higher owned of these two? I would say Ryu ends up being higher owned. It's, if, if this is a four-game slate, the four, just the fours, um, I right. think it's pretty, pretty locked and loaded that it's Ryu and them Bumgarner than Strasburg would be my guess. Um, I would even take a shot with Montas against the Indians. I really would. Yeah, I think uh, that makes sense as well. In that, uh, so I, I really wonder. Do I can't roster Mike Fires coming off a hundred oh, pitches no, or whatever I, that was? I so can't either. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's it for me. It'd be Ryu then Bumgarner then Strasburg. Yeah, I think I think that's so. Is is it Fires or is it Montas? Because I got Montas here on Sunday. I, it seems like they're moving parts there as well okay. uh, for Saturday's slates. Yeah. Where if they do bump fires back because of the, the workload or whatever it is, uh, look, that is a one-off that Mike fires the king of one-offs. He's done this to us a million times. Let's not go crazy here and start like all of a sudden saying this is a good idea, especially off the workload. Uh, I mean, I, what immediately comes to mind is the Tim Lincecum no hitter, which you and I were on air together yes, calling right. live as it was happening and he threw like i don't know 178 pitchers and we were all like oh my god this is not gonna be good and he was dreadful for like two months after that it was a real real issue there where he just kind of lingered on and on and on and i don't know for me i just i can't get behind that right now i just uh, mlb.com is showing montas right now okay in that okay. game, so not sure where that Montas, I don't mind. I don't mind Montas. Yeah, see, I think Montas, I think I'm pretty good with that as well. Okay, now anything from a betting perspective this weekend to keep an eye on that you see potential in Dan as we uh, kind of wrap things up here? Um, you know, off top of my head, I would say that 
I think the Mets Miami game will stand out to me again. Uh, but more so, I think that uh, the under might come into play pretty significantly again. Uh, and I would say the over in the Colorado uh, game on Saturday uh, with John Gray on the mound, Joey Lucchese, I think people will try to look at that under and think that the pitchers will prevail. But the the over is always juicy when uh, Coors is on the slate. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that one, too. And I'm, I'm just, you know, John Gray, I'm just not buying that narrative. Just, just not doing it. I know everybody wants to make him happen. It's just it's not going to happen. It just isn't there. Uh, I want to take the time here to thank Dan Stratford for joining us uh, while Chris has been on vacation on his uh, wedding out there where he is part of the wedding, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, in Canada they have a different tradition you know, that's like something borrowed, something blue in, in America. They do all that for weddings. It's actually something borrowed, something maple flavored. So they actually go through, and I, I'm curious to see what it is. So I'm going to ask Chris when he comes back. Dan, are you a maple flavored kind of guy? You like the maple bacon kind of thing? Is that, is that where your wheelhouse is or no? I, I am, in fact, a maple flavor fan. I, I am a big syrup fan for French toast and pancakes and waffles. Um, maple flavor bacon sausage I'm in so yes uh, tap me a maple tree and I will, I will drink from it <laughs> uh, so tap you a James Paxson is that what you're saying basically <laughs> oh uh, I mean I mean, tall drink of water <laughs> I love it. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Strafford. Dan, can't thank you enough for filling in uh, with us for the last two days here, talking a little DFS. And make sure, again, give him a follow at Dan Strafford. Uh, great content and uh, great fun, as always. You can follow the Line Star app at Line Star app on Twitter or Line Star MLB. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS17. Chris will be back next week. Don't worry. I think right now I'll be solo on Monday, but you know. That could always change. You never know what's going to happen here. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, too. And there's only one thing left to do, and that is step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meaney.